everyone and welcome to another Giant Sisters podcast with Joe Brothers. I'm here today with Heather McRae, Principal for Diocesan School for Girls. Dio is an all-girls independent school for preschool to year 13, offering both day and boarding, located in Epsom, Auckland, New Zealand, educating girls at the speed of life. Prior to that, Heather was Principal at Pakaringa College, a co-educational school with 2,100 students. Before that, she was Principal and Director of Curriculum at the Western Academy of Beijing, a co-educational international baccalaureate school of 1,600 students from kindergarten through to year 12. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. Uh, I always start with this question, the power of intention. How did you design your life and career path, or did it just evolve? It definitely evolved. Right. Uh, And I guess um, prior to being in Beijing, I'd had the most amazing experience as a consultant. Wow. And I think um, that took me to many different countries looking at education, mm. and which is always so closely associated with culture and uh, you know, the social structure of communities. Yes. And so I learned so much about education having that experience. Mm. And uh, one of them was setting up an international school for the Sultan of Brunei wow. called Gerardon International School. And uh, the other one was uh, helping set up the Western Academy of Beijing and growing it from, you know, one sort of small building with, yes. with uh, eight layers in it mm. um, through to a whole new campus at Shunyi in Beijing. That's um, phenomenal. That's huge, huge achievements. There must have been quite different with um, the culture. How did you, how did you find that? Mm, fant- fantastic. And yeah. Uh, we worked in also uh, Japan, Indonesia, um, Malaysia, uh, Australia, mm. uh, and, and I guess for me too, I gleaned a bit of an appreciation about how education in New Zealand was regarded outside of New Zealand. So people really value what we do in New Zealand, right. and so we were able to pick up lots of contract work, mm. and also uh, independent schools like international settings mm. often need a lot of advice around strategy you know how to yes. convert strategy into actions and then uh, have those support the aims and, mm. and direction of the school mm. uh, and of course governance is always really important in mm. the independent sector mm. so I learned a lot about you know running governance workshops right. uh, with boards throughout the you know the sort of Southeast Asia and Pacific area yeah. Uh, and, and it was exciting work and very different to what I anticipated. Yes. So, so it all did evolve very differently from what I had planned. So how did you actually arrive working in the education sector? Well, quite um, quite by chance, right. as it happens, <laughs> um, because originally I'm a scientist and um, so I, mm, I'm a biochemist. My degree's in biochemistry and organic chemistry. Wow. Uh, so when I went to university, I think I at the in those years I was only two, only one of two women who graduated majoring in those subject areas. Yes, and, and I guess it was um, being I was raised on a farm in New Zealand, mm. which was a whereabouts was that? That was in the Wairapa. Oh, lovely! So I went to a very small country school, mm. and uh, however, my mother always talked about uh, the school her mother went to, my grandmother. Yes. Uh, and what an amazing school it was because it, uh, it, it, it had a focus on academic education. Mm. And interesting because she was a student here at Dios in, oh. in 1906. How fantastic. Mm. 
So she was the 100th student at Dio. So, mm. so I had this kind of a connection connection with mm. the school that I'd heard about as a young woman. Yes. Um, but of course, it didn't cross my mind at all uh, until um, I guess someone sent me a job description for the role, and uh, and said, you know, had yeah. I thought about this, and I thought, gee, I'm pretty sure that might have been the <laughs> school my grandmother went to, and. Of course yeah. we found out that it was indeed here. How fantastic. Mm, so so science uh, to education, uh, I guess for me uh, the passion of science has always been there. Mm. So when I finished university I um, considered staying on and, and doing a PhD mm. uh, and then I travelled a bit and while I was away I was fascinated with the difference you can make with young people if you give them right. some basic science knowledge. Yes. And, you know, even many people don't always understand how, how much it inter- how much you interact with science knowledge every day. Mm. And in Western societies it's a given, but in mm. other societies it isn't necessarily. Right. Um, and in some of my work as a consultant, you know, we did projects for the United Nations mm. and discovered that you could change the whole birth rate of a population by educating women one more year. That is incredible. Mm. Wow. So those were the things that blew my hair back. Yeah. And I thought, I'm not sure that I'm designed to be in a laboratory mm. and that, you know, what really excited me was passing on that knowledge yes. and looking at how you can inspire young people mm. uh, to learn new things and, and how they can use that to grow their life yes. and their world around them. So that's mm. how I ended up sort of starting <laughs> out as a mad scientist. Although, <laughs> of course, I taught chemistry and maths for many, uh, you know, in the, at the start of my career and absolutely loved it. Yes, that would have been fun. What are some of the other unique experiences that you've had that have led you to the role that you're in now? Mm. Perhaps when you're in um, Beijing or mm. Middle East? Probably when I went to work um, for Multiserve Education Trust, mm. I had just finished some work in the Ministry of Education in Wellington. Right. And I thought, now that would be a really good place to initiate some change and mm. look at you know, an exciting area. But then I realised the political intersection with uh, ideas mm. and creativity and right. thought mm, maybe that's not quite where I wanted to be. Yes. Although I did enjoy learning a lot about you know, how, how um, education is funded. So mm. there were sort of really valuable lessons in that. But, but we met a person down there called Ron Perkinson who, who was a very inspiring person mm. um, because he gave you the opportunity, didn't matter uh, about your gender, yes. um, and let you see that you could do the work. He, mm, he was great. I, I would be given these massive projects and I ha- had no idea what to do. And, and uh, so he'd say to me, well, Heather, you, you know, you've got to think this through. You mm. work it out. So, so he, put, he always put these big, I guess it was um, trust in the end, huge trust. Mm. And uh, let us have the space to be mm. able to think our way through. That's great. We made hundreds of mistakes <laughs> along the way. <laughs> yeah. And I often think back and think, oh, I wouldn't do that again. Um, but, but you learn from it now, right? Absolutely. Mm. And, and it makes you mm. way more courageous in that space. Yes. And I think yeah. that was a really important... Uh, learning for me was mm. if if I ever 
ended up in a leadership, you know, in a leadership role, regardless mm. of the fact that people lead, no matter where they are in organisations. Yeah. Um, that that I learned a lot from that experience about how you can build courage in those around you, mm. and how you can give them opportunities, high trust, support mm. them, and and you know let them create the arrangement and know that they will make mistakes but they will learn a lot from it too mm. so so that, that for me was a really unique experience what advice would you give to your younger self hmm I think I was probably in my younger self I used to say what I would think a bit too quickly. Right. <laughs> and Don't we all? Yes. yes. Okay. And, and I had to learn, I think I was probably a head person rather than a heart person. Uh-huh. And I, I had mm. to think about that more and put myself in other people's shoes more frequently. Mm. And um, for me, that I didn't have that on board early on. Right. Uh, and, and obviously a whole series of people along the way helped oh, me with that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> in terms of sharers or heroes or inspirational role models in, um, from business to personal, do you have some people that come to mind? There, there are lots of people, I think, mm. um, particularly. That, I, I'm always a great fan of Sheryl Sandberg. Yes. Um, because, you know, in a world where we were coasting along as women, mm. she reminded us uh, that there was lots to do still. Yes. And and I think that her work was a timely reminder at that time mm. when we when we were kind of the warm frogs in the warm environment, you know. <laughs> like mm. don't forget what your mothers set out to achieve. Yes, absolutely. And um, mm. you know, I think our mothers probably were inspirations to us all in many ways. Yes. Um, and my mum particularly uh, was very feminist mm. and scarily so. I think she used to frighten people with her feminist views. <laughs> really? Yeah. What, she, can you give me an example? What would she say? I think it was probably what happened to her. Right. More than anything. Yeah. Um, very uh, highly intelligent person. Yes. Uh, but the son went to secondary school. Right. And they weren't given that opportunity because war broke out and right. all those sorts of things. Um, she ended up... Um, being pregnant yes. and the baby had died and the Catholic oh, no. doctor wouldn't help her and she oh. nearly died in that space. Oh. So there were things that she experienced, I think, um, that frustrated her as a woman Yes. Um, because she had a lot to contribute mm. but, uh, you know, but because of the era in which she was raised, uh, it, it prevented her from being really recognised in that space as a woman who actually, mm. I think, had amazing leadership qualities. Yes. Uh, and she railed against it. Mm. But, of course, that created a negative sense, mm. which is how you control women, really, isn't it? Yeah. When you think... Bit of, bit of a rebellion, and then that scene mm. is being... Yeah. Yeah, whereas she was advocating for herself and others. Mm. Yeah. And I think um, probably that rubbed off to some extent on me, that you can... Mm you know that she wanted us all to get educated all to think about university particularly yes. um, you, you know that uh, women y- you weren't limited by what you could do you were limited mm. only by what you thought you could do and often we mm. still see that today um, with our young women and it's really important that we help them to imagine themselves 
in these spaces rather than seeing other people in those spaces. And how do you, um, here at Dio, how do you help them imagine themselves in those spaces? Mm. We talked a bit about um, the leadership program Mm. that you run. That's right. We had this big discussion a few years ago around, you know, what what were we trying to achieve with our young women? Mm. Uh, And, and, you know, the tendency is to think, you know, schooling is about creating a a great school Mm. and having kids come out with a qualification. Um, but in a way, education has a much deeper set of values, mm. and especially in a school like this, yes, um, where you've got that wonderful history of educating women in an era back in the early 1900s, where mm. you know women's roles were pretty cut and dried. You know, Absolutely. it was who you married, and mm. you know that it was domesticated work and those you mm. know how to be a good woman. Mm. Um, whereas Dio was at the forefront of that educating women you know for academic outcomes and Mm. what you could be the best sort of person as well Mm. so we picked up on that because I think that history is something so we said what does that look like today yes Uh, and you know it was edgy then Mm. but are we still edgy today or are we just coasting along in that space right so so for us it was really important to build uh, those attributes and competencies mm. that went alongside academic achievement because mm. we felt that there was much more to education than just creating a smart person absolutely so yeah. so we set on um, ethics and leadership particularly mm. um, and being a, 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 an effective digital citizen in that space mm. not just knowing how to use it but yes. um, being responsible as a digital person and what that means mm. and you, you you will be very very <laughs> well versed with things like that mm. um, that's and, great mm, and, the, and the other thing was you know your personal self and mm. how you perceived yourself you know this concept that uh, that girls have to be perfect and, mm, and beautiful right. and mm. you know all of the social pressure so we wanted girls to focus on you know being comfortable with themselves mm. and, and usually that's about knowing yourself your values and mm. establishing those firmly with inside of you mm. um, so, so our concept of leadership was really based on you know the fact that girls thought in, in general that leadership was about a role right you know, yes. so a I job know, title type thing that's right right and sometimes girls would get a job title but not do anything because they had the title. <laughs> right. Funny that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and so what we wanted to do was to have girls understand that best leaders are the ones that create a difference for people around them, mm. which was consistent with Utsuvianus, you know, that, yes. that we may serve. Yes. And, and if, you know, in looking at leaders and analysing that space, you know, those leaders know how to grow people around them. You know, my example, mm. uh, they know how to um, support those people. Mm. It's not about you telling everyone what to do. Mm. Uh, and I guess what we tried to do through the leadership program, because it runs all the way f- through from the junior to the senior school, yes. is to embed that sense that it's a contribution. Absolutely. It's not an expectation. It's something that you can give and that giving mm. is the way you create uh, a value in your life mm. and, and what you will learn is the most value pa- part, value, valuable part of your life. That's, that's fantastic. Mm. Um, um, 
at the moment and um, as companies are reorganizing they are looking at a model more servant-based leadership which mm. is exactly mm. to your point in terms of how can you serve and help others in the role as leader rather than command mm. and control style yes. of the old that's right old times. yeah and people yeah. call it soft skills which I think is such a pity um, because actually I think they're really influential skills yes okay. I agree and I think women have often felt that those skills and you you know many many women have those experiences mm. already with them mm. and yet still don't see themselves as leaders and I think in the past it was because leadership was command and control mm. and mm. seen uh, in that light mm. um, so we're helping girls to understand that in that space any one of them can lead mm. uh, and you can do it in many different ways and you can feel comfortable with your own style that sort yes. of authenticity that goes with it that's great mm. sounds like a great program yeah, yeah. The, the other part was ethics because with AI yeah. and um, yes. the future of uh, you know smart digital tools that we have around us mm. you know there's still in problem solving, the importance of understanding um, the interaction of culture and human values yes. uh, that that artificial intel- intelligence can't learn. Mm. And so we wanted girls to understand, uh, you know, what's fair and what's not fair. That's yes. the ethics behind, um, you mm. know, how you help in dealing with cultures. Mm. And the way in which that impacted was uh, in our service learning program because often service was considered you know we'll make a bake a bake right. stall and make yes. cupcakes yep. and sell them and we'll you know give the money to it so so that was the mm. extent of our service program so mm. we flipped that into service learning which is you need to get close to other people to understand their needs yes. so that you can hear what they say they need true not right. what you think they need good idea Mm. And there's a wonderful example with you too when they put pumps into Africa and mm. they found the women were still walking two miles to the lake to collect water. And oh. they, so they couldn't work out why that had happened. But, but it was because they, the um, women believed where the dead were buried that the water was underneath it. So when you brought it out, it, would, it wasn't suitable for drinking. Right. So they still went to the lake, which was surface water. Wow. So, so until you understand the values of those you're trying to help. What a great story and example. Mm, yeah. Mm, that you often can't, uh, you know, you think you know what they need, mm. um, but in fact, unless you understand and walk in their shoes, you don't know what it is that they value the most. Mm. And um, That's a really good mm, insight. Yeah. Mm, that's, so, so that's the sort of basic of our ethics program to mm. help uh, girls understand that the cultural elements and the values that other people mm. have so that they can take that into consideration in decision making. Fantastic. And that brings me to my next question. And I know Dio does a lot, a lot of this, and that's the giving back mm. and the work that you do among in the communities and with various groups. Can mm. you talk a bit on that? Mm. So, so much of, uh, of a person's experience is what they see around them. Mm. And... Uh, many of our young people, and particularly in New Zealand, you know, we are a very fortunate country. Yes. You know, we have a lovely environment, it's clean, and, mm. you know, we have good systems for dealing with environmental issues, and it's not perfect, but, no. but it's there. And I think sometimes um, what we try and do with the girls is help them to understand 
uh, life isn't always like that for everyone else. Mm. So we have uh, service programs in Fiji particularly. Wow, yes. And we do a number of um, trips to help girls uh, to see and appreciate what life is like, mm. as well as that to challenge their own thinking. Mm. Um, and in that community work, mm. you know, there are challenges in that that they have to try and solve for other people. Yes. And to learn how to be that support person uh, rather than, um, you know, go in and, and fix things how they would want. Yes. Uh, they've got to spend time with people and understand what their needs are, the elderly, uh, disabled yes. people. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at uh, sites and evaluating you know, what will help mobility mm. um, or, or people who are hard of hearing. You know, it's mm. it's about helping them understand um, what needs to happen in order mm. for everyone to be accessible to the world around them mm. and to enjoy life uh, and be accessible to those enjoyments in life as much as they have. That, that's fantastic. If there was a message you'd like to share with all other women in the world, of, mm. if the, all the women that are listening, what would that message be? Uh, really um, believe in yourself. Yeah. You know, our women in New Zealand, I think we're lucky because we have a history where, mm. uh, you know, we've been proactive in that space. Mm. There's still a long way to go. Yes. And I believe uh, that that is about, is about uh, women considering, mm. you know, how we as a group and as, as a team mm. of people, uh, and particularly in our community where women are disadvantaged by mm. divorce and a whole range of issues that uh, strike in any community, mm. um, that we're all there for each other. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, sometimes it's uh, useful uh, for women to understand that other women are out there who will help and support them and encourage them Absolutely. rather than judge them. Mm. And I think uh, for us working in education it's about helping our young women to see mm. uh, if they can be caring and respectful for other women that it really helps absolutely. other women grow absolutely. as well and that's real leadership and yes. real feminism at its best yeah, absolutely yeah uh the listeners um to um giant sisters have contacted me mm. and what they really love is actually hearing the stories of other women, mm. how they overcame something, how what their thinking is, because women mm. actually generally are collaborative and like to he- learn from each other. So uh, mm. absolutely exactly what you've just said as mm. well. That's so true. Yeah. 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 So as we reflect on New Zealand's 125th anniversary of suffrage, what are your mm. thoughts on the um, current status quo in New Zealand and the world for the life and opportunities for women and girls? Mm. I think we've got a long way to go, mm-hmm. not, not only in our own countries, but particularly in countries abroad. Um, we have, uh, for instance, a young woman in our school, Olivia, who uh, is doing some wonderful work as a tier fund ambassador. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, travels to Asian countries to help young women who are stuck in uh, in sexual exploitation. Right. Um, so, so there is a lot of... Uh, those sorts of big world issues yes. uh, that I think we can do a lot about mm. in the Western world, mm. as well as uh, looking at how women can mobilise ourselves mm. to help each other and make a contribution. Mm. Uh, and while we're doing that, of course, bringing on board all of our male feminists yes. who provide and can provide fantastic opportunities 
are for women. Mm. And, you know, I've often talked to our dads about them being feminists in that space. Yes. And how they feel very privileged mm. um, to sit in that space and to feel that we recognise them as women, as supporters of women and contributing to their daughter's education. Mm. And I think that's so special that we can mm. show people that this is not a male versus female thing, but this is a let's help all, all the pe- all the women in the world to achieve a fantastic life experience. Yes. That is still a long way off in some countries. Yes, uh, and and we've got to give some thought to how we work towards improving, you know, the lives and freedom of women mm. who at this point are still in. Um, in situations where they don't have that freedom. Mm. Mm. It's a big issue in general. It is. Mm. I love what you said um, with your dads being feminists and mm. supporting. I think that's really special. Mm. Any any final thoughts? <laughs> it's always hard to sum up, isn't it, at the end? But I suppose uh, if, I, you, if I was to say to you, um, you know, what's your greatest wish mm. for the girls at Dio? Mm. That we walk over it every day, you know, which, which is mm. that they can be more than they ever imagined. Yes. And, um, you know, while that sounds kind of... A, a, it's important, a, I understand, a, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a very important thing. And I think, um, too, when women like you are telling stories of other women, mm. you know, those are the sorts of things that I'd love to see our Dio girls embrace when mm. they get older and... In, yeah. You're, you're made me cry. Oh, sorry, Heather, I didn't mean to make you cry. That's but I, right. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, is that um, I went to Dio and so did my mum and my great aunt, who was probably at school with your grandmother at the same time, roughly. Yes, you were. Um, and many other of my good friends. And um, I think that's why I do what I do. It's definitely, and that is in terms of um, giant sisters and all the work I do, um, helping women and girls and children. It is definitely because mm. I feel like I've had a privilege of coming here and that um, I should do a lot to give back to other people and it, it's not um, it's not enough just to, um, I guess, you know, try and make a financial donation. It has to be a lot more personal mm. to really make an impact, I think. And that's, I think, what mm. you are doing every day, um, Heather, and I'm very impressed with um, you. You've got a great style and lovely leadership I could just feel it you know walking around the school before oh, I cool. come in to see you now yeah no it's very very special place mm. and um I want to thank you for the opportunity that's absolutely amazing and I think um, what the work that you're doing is very inspiring for young women and and, and it you. is those stories that women have and, uh, and mm. you know some of the women on your list are just incredible mm. in what they've achieved and, and I think they are a wonderful role model mm. for girls, you know, you don't have to work for anybody these no. days, you can create your own business you can work for yourself yeah, you can, and and you know with um, digital media and um, you mm. know the ability to create you know, I think this this future for women is incredibly exciting um, mm. but because and we see women in that space already doing that yes. and uh, really creating opportunities for lots of, for whole communities mm. and for seeing um, the, the wonderful benefits mm. that uh, that giving back bring yes. uh, to, to those, those sorts of organisations mm. and moving away from the organisation that's simply focused on bottom line profit. Absolutely. Um, but, but the the wonderful world of organisations that, that are actually there 
and are very mm. people oriented mm. as opposed to you know they're an organization it, it's um you know sometimes organizations develop this kind of feeling that there's nobody in them yes and, yeah and that's a, that's a foreign place for women because you know yeah we're very relational yes um whereas what i'm seeing our, our women create these organizations mm. that are about people mm. and, it, and they have such an attraction for our young women because mm. You know, they want to work for a place that has meaning, yes. that has value and gives them value in their lives. And mm. I, I just think that's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, and on the entrepreneurial woman um, side of things, I think mm. the fa- I heard some statistics that the fastest growing um, entrepreneurial startups are women over 50. Wow. Yeah. So um, I think yeah. it's great that mm. there's a re- some sort of a re-energizing of confidence, maybe mm. after they've had kids or they've had done a huge career pivot mm. and they're looking at um, new, new opportunities. And a lot of these businesses, um, the ones that I've been looking um, across, definitely have social impact as well. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Well, thank you awesome. so much, Heather. This has been wonderful. We could talk all day. We could. We could. It's, it is incredible, isn't it? Well, 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 I think yeah. we'll have a part two and we'll meet up again, Heather. And <laughs> one other be thing great. before I finish, I just want to say, you yeah. mentioned all the wonderful women that I've interviewed, but mm-hmm. you are absolutely on par with all of them. Wow, I looked at the list and I thought, holy Moses, have you got the right person? <laughs> but I have. I've got the perfect person. Okay, oh, well, dear. that's all now. Thank you so much again. Oh, thank you, Joe. Yes, and look, you know, all the very best with your... Um, media career as well. Thank I think you. And writing. Yeah. You know, I think that's really exciting. Thank you yeah. very much. Because often we don't, you know, there are so many things that can be said and expressed out there. Mm. Uh, and I think that woman's voice is such a powerful thing. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Lovely.